before you come and uh, share God's word for us. Reach out, reach out your hands to Paul and uh, just join as we ask God to pour down an, an anointing upon uh, Paul this morning. Father, we pray that you will pour out from heaven that anointing, Lord, that your word would go forth from heaven. We thank you, Father, that you spoke and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, Lord. And we pray, Father, for Paul, Lord, that he would be your beloved son this morning, and Lord, that we would hear the words that you've spoken to him and through him, Lord. And Father, those words would be transformation. They would bring about change in our hearts and our lives, Lord. Bless him this morning, encourage him, Lord, and I pray, Father, that he might be a channel of blessing for us this morning, that we would respond to what you're saying through him, in. and we lift this him up to you in Jesus' precious name now. Amen. Well, I greet you once again in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. <coughs> Turn to your neighbor again with a smile and tell him I love you in Jesus' name. The, the, kingdom, the kingdom that the Father has given unto us is a kingdom of love. And he says the greatest, we will have faith, we've got hope, but he says the greatest of them all is love. Because love is such a powerful and a glorious garment. Each and every particular institution, be it the military or whatever name it, they have a different type of, you know, of, of gear, of, of, of type of dressing that they put on. And it reveals who they are, or sometimes it helps them say when they're in the battlefield, they can camouflage, you know, hide, you know, with a green and whatever. They are able to hide from the enemy or whatever it is. There are certain types of dressings that uh, people put on in different circumstances, casual wear. There is, you know, there is the, the, the other suits, those, those ones who have the suits, you know, name it. Each and every individual have got their own type of dressings. Countries have got their own types of, of dressings. You go to different nations, there you find they have got different types of outfits. And likewise, in the kingdom of God, there is an outfit that is required of each one of us that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is my prayer today, by the grace of God, I've been meditating and wondering, Father, what is this dressing of the kingdom that you have required of us? And we're going to share a bit of the thoughts that have come to my mind and my spirit and in my seeking on what are the, these garments of salvation or what, is the garment, what are the garments of the salvation and the robe of righteousness that the Father gives unto us and fits us, or he prepares us so that we are recognized as children of the kingdom, or vessels of the kingdom. Now, before we go into that, there is something that has been laid upon my heart in the whole of the week, and I want to pass it across unto us, because there is some work I want us to do at the very outset, then we shall enter into sharing the aspect of what kind of dressing has the Father given unto us in the kingdom. And the first thing I want us to do is found in Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter 11. It is a scripture that we know, but it was laid upon my heart in the course of the week, and I would rather be obedient in what was laid upon my heart, so bear with me. The word of God says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, From the days of John the Baptist 
until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful men or women lay hold of it. Other version says the kingdom of God, you know, advances or violently and the violent take it by force. Different versions will say different, but this is NIV. NIV says the kingdom of heaven, you know, has been advancing forcefully and the forceful lay hold of it. The kingdom as it is, the father says, Jesus says somewhere, it is the father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. He tells his disciples, do not be afraid, little flock, for it is the father's pleasure to give unto you the kingdom. It is his desire and his longing, deep, deep pleasure to give unto you and unto me this kingdom. But I want you to ask us, our beloved brother, Elder David, he was in Africa, he was teaching about the kingdom. The other day he was talking about the Holy Spirit. And this particular subject is so much entwined with what it is that he has been sharing. But what I want you to ask yourself is, what is this kingdom that the Father has given unto us? But then he, say, and then he says, where is this kingdom? He says, don't, don't expect the kingdom to be in the, in the skies or in the air or somewhere in the air. Neither is it somewhere in the sea. He says, the kingdom is in you. Somewhere inside you is found the kingdom. Now, I want you to look at yourself and ask yourself, where is that kingdom then? Because he says, it is somewhere inside me. But, and then he says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That when you discover and find that kingdom, then you have arrived. There is a big transformation that happens in your life, in your situations, in your circumstances. I'm not saying that you'll have loads of money. You'll have loads of houses and what have you. But there is something that the Lord is saying, that when you find the kingdom, your needs will be met. Praise the Lord. All for the glory of his wonderful name. Now he says, the kingdom advances forcefully, and the forceful lay hold of it. Now this is what I want you to do. The kingdom, he says, is inside you and inside me. If it is to advance, if it is to extend its borders, it has got to expand from within us. And continue, the more it, it advances, then the more area of influence it occupies. If it does not move from within us, then you can rest assured it will never do anything. It will remain closed inside there and people will never know that the kingdom of God is hiding inside here or is hiding inside there. Now I want you to look in yourself and ask yourself, is the kingdom of God in me? Question number one. Then question number two. If the kingdom of God is in me, is it advancing? Is it visible? Is it being seen around in my house? Is the kingdom of God really made manifest in my place of work? In whatever it is that I am, you know, is the kingdom of God being seen? Or is it nobody has any clue that there is any kingdom around this particular place? That when you are there, people are just saying whatever they want to say. They will do whatever they want to do because you join in the discussion. You join in the cursing. You join in the comments. You join in the worldly communication that is going on. And if somebody comes there and says, oh, brother, praise the Lord. You want to keep quiet because you don't want to be identified to be known that, oh, no, 
He is identifying me as a Christian. You want to remain quiet and silent somewhere in a corner. He says, the kingdom of God, for it to move, it has to move forcefully. Why? Because it is in a foreign land. It is a kingdom that has been established in a hostile environment. It is a kingdom that is abiding in a place that hates it 100%. Remember the word of God says, the whole world lies in the evil one. And we are in the world right now. You hear that? And the whole world lies in the evil one. And yet you who has the kingdom of righteousness, you are walking in that particular world. What do you think, you know, what do you think is against you? It means everything in the world is pointing its guns towards you to try to snuff out that particular kingdom because it is hostile. That kingdom is hostile to the world, and the world is hostile to that particular kingdom. But the Father has said, it is his good pleasure to give unto you the kingdom. Because he wants you to be the one to expand that particular kingdom. And before we share the dressing or the garments of the kingdom, I want you to do something for yourself and for your family and for your friends and for your nation, the United Kingdom. The kingdom of God advances forcefully. There are situations in your family that are so negative and so bad. There are issues in your life that have made you cry and cry and cry. You are seated there, maybe fear has engulfed your life and you cannot almost do anything. You are so fearful in your own life. You look at your brothers, you look at your sisters, you look at your children, you look at your husband, you look at your wife, and you see only negative, minus, 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 because there is nothing positive that you can be able to pick out of their lives or to pick out of the situations that concern you. You look at your place of work and you wonder, oh my God, why am I in this place? There are some of us, maybe, we are so much filled with self-pity. Every day is a self-pity party day. I hide in my corner there and I wonder, oh God has forgotten me. Why is this happening to me? Why is that happening to me? Why? There is a lot of crying and shedding of tears right down there in the corner because you feel or I feel that things are against me and things just don't work for me. Nothing works for me. My children are rebellious. Everything about me is wrong. My husband has gone away. My wife has gone away. Everything has gone haywire in my life. But the Bible scripture says here, from the days of John the Baptist, this is Jesus who is speaking until now, the kingdom of God advances forcefully, and the forceful lay hold of it. I want you to arise in your spirit and speak to that kingdom. This kingdom advances in two ways initially, and then it will go into the other ways of that we shall be talking about the issue of the garment. This kingdom advances from our thoughts, and it also advances from the words that we speak. The proverb wrote and said, you know, as a man thinks or as a woman thinks, so is he. So if at all the kingdom that is in you, you are always thinking on the opposite side, that's what you're going to be and that's what that kingdom is going to be. A powerless, useless kingdom that is just abiding there. 
But if all that you talk is all negative and all criticism and all fault and everything, that is what is made manifest with regard to the kingdom that is on the inside of you. Jesus said, men shall give an account of every idle word that they utter. Those are the words of, of, of the master. That's the reason why, because the kingdom is within us. We are unique, special people in the eyes of the Most High God. And he has got a desire for you to release that which will advance the kingdom. So, I remember a brother who shared to me a, a testimony one time. Then we shall do what I want us to do. He said he, he, he had a dream. And in the dream, it was not sort of a vision. He was praying. And when he was praying, he was trying to pray, but there were dark, so many dark figures that were around him, all over around him, that's what he said. And he, every time he was trying to pray, these figures were making noise, yelling, doing all forms of noises that he could not concentrate in his prayer. He tried to say, oh, Lord Jesus. And these, these figures around us saying, whoa, whoa, you know, shouting across into his ears. He couldn't concentrate, so the prayer was not working. Then he started saying, oh, Lord, why, 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 you know, why, why, why can't I pray? And they continued laughing. They were laughing all around him. Then he heard a voice speak to him very clearly. It asked him, son, what are you doing? Very harshly. Then he, it's as if he woke up, he says, he turned, and it, the, the voice told him, bind them and cast them out. It was a command. It repeated three times. And then he rose up. He started binding everyone of those particular dark figures by simply the word of his mouth. He started binding, I bind you in the name of Jesus and I command you, be gone out of this place. He saw one disappear. Another one, another one. Another. He continued on until after some time, the whole place was shed with light all round about him. And he started praying. And the prayer was so sweet. It was ascending and there was so much power that was surging into his spirit in the dream. Then he woke up and he found he was on his bed. What message do you receive from it? I received a lot when I had that particular testimony. Now there are many times we try to do thing and th things and we, we, we plead and we cry right there. We lick our wounds. You know, we are, we, the enemy has beaten us over and over and we go into the corner. It's like a dog, a dog that has been beaten and it is licking its wounds. It is, it's been beaten by the other dogs and it is lying there in the corner, you know, licking its wounds because all is pain. The father says, rise up from that particular corner, my child. Rise up from that particular bed of crying, my child. It does not mean that it's going to be sorted out tomorrow or this evening or next week or maybe next month. No. But he says the kingdom advances forcefully and the forceful will lay hold of it. Meaning, every morning, every day, the situation that has been facing me, I will rise against it and declare in the name of Jesus, I push the boundaries of the kingdom of God in me to engulf your situation and to quench you in the name of Jesus Christ. 
I don't care you fear that has been upon my life. In Jesus' name, you will not reign in my life anymore. I break your hold. I bind you and I cast you out in Jesus' name. You rise up and you feel afraid. I said you are bound in the name of Jesus. Go in Jesus' name. You rise again in triumph. I said you are bound in the name of Jesus. In due time, it will be gone. And you will be free. And the kingdom will have advanced. In your family, likewise. It doesn't matter how many times our children may, be, may, may behave differently or things, our brothers, our sisters. Don't give up on your family. Don't give up on your wife. Don't give up on your children. Don't give up on anything. Don't say, I prayed for 10 years and nothing has happened. No, the kingdom of God advances forcefully. And I want you to stand and say, Father, I don't care. I've prayed for 36 years. Nothing has happened. I don't care. The word of God says the kingdom of God advances. It, does, it is not stagnant. It will continue to advance. So in Jesus' name, I declare the kingdom of God over my children. The kingdom of God come over every one of them. In Jesus' name, I declare they will turn around. They will honor and worship you, Lord Jesus. The, the kingdom will extend into my finances. The kingdom will extend into my situation into my circumstances. The kingdom will extend into my wounds. I will be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the glory of God in the highest. It shall be done for the glory of God. And I want you to take that particular heart from today into this week. Don't go to sit down in the corner and cry. No, every day arise and face every one of those situations. Don't say, why is this happening? No, say in Jesus' name, the kingdom of God is in me. And in the name of Jesus, I have found it. I will have what the Father has promised. I will have peace. I will have rest. I will have peace in my family. Is it drugs or addictions that have you know, entered into your family and have messed everything up? Rise up and declare drugs or no drugs is immaterial. Jesus. Jesus is Lord. He is going to quench you for the glory of God in the highest. Praise the Lord. I want you to reach out to your brother and your sister and I want you to ask, Father, release the kingdom in this man, in this woman, in the name of the Lord Jesus. I want us to pray for each other first of all. Just hold somebody's hand and I want you for a moment, I want you to pray, Father, release the kingdom in my brother. Release, get hold of somebody's hand. Don't just be alone. I want, we are a family. And there is a reason why I'm, I'm doing that in the name of the Lord Jesus. I want you to pray, Father, in Jesus' name. Pray as the Spirit of the Lord leads you. Father, I bless you. I give you glory and I thank you for my brother Herman. I release the kingdom of God in this man. Let it expand. Let it arise. Let it, Lord God, find fresh wings, Almighty God, to expand and to grow for the glory of God in the highest. Let it expand, O oh dear Lord, to engulf his wife, to engulf his family, to engulf his nation in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let the kingdom of God in this man. Arise and be made manifest. Be seen O oh dear Lord of God. Let it quench everything around O oh dear Lord of God that is opposing Almighty King of Glory that it stands as a light on my high mountain, as a city on a high mountain that cannot be hidden O oh dear Lord of God. And the power thereof being released and made manifest in him in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Second state I want you to do is, now I want you to look at your family. 
And I want you to pray unto the Father. It's not a matter of praying as such. I want you to speak unto your family. Sailing in family in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God is coming for you. It is reaching out to you, my brothers. It is reaching unto you, my sisters. It is reaching unto you, my work. It is reaching unto my situation. I want you now to be free. Release the kingdom from within. Speak it out unto your family. Speak it out unto your brothers. Speak it out unto your sisters. Speak it out unto your mama. Speak it out unto your brother, unto your father. Everybody around you, I want you to speak out that kingdom unto, the, unto your family, unto your friends in Jesus' name. Father, we give you glory. I thank you, dear Lord of God. I extend the kingdom, oh dear Lord of God. Father, to engulf my brothers and my sisters, let your kingdom come unto my nations and my nieces, unto my grandchildren, unto my sons and my daughter. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Lord, let your kingdom extend this particular moment. I release it unto my friends, oh blessed Father, it shall influence them because, Lord God, you arise in me and the enemy is scattered for the honor and the glory of your holy name. In Jesus' name. I want you to extend the kingdom to incorporate the United Kingdom. You are in the United Kingdom. We voted the other day, whether you voted in or out, it doesn't matter. The thing is, it says we are voted out, that we are out of Europe. And you know what? There is something that is called fear that has engulfed the whole land. I hear men and women every time I say, I fear, I am scared, I am afraid of what is going to happen. And I hear even, even from the words of Christians, I cringe and say, my God, Father, what are we doing? Because by the, man, you are held captive, the word of God says, by the words of your mouth. Speak out the kingdom. Whatever has happened has happened. The will of God and the purposes of God shall be wrought and accomplished in this land in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Regardless, whether in or out is immaterial, what is it that is you as the kingdom owner? You release the kingdom and you say, Father, I engulf the whole of England. I engulf the whole of Northern Ireland. I engulf the whole of Scotland. I engulf all the isles that are round about us in the name of Jesus. And I release the kingdom into every one of them in the name of Jesus. I declare by your grace, your grace shall be revealed in this particular land and the fire of the Holy Ghost as we have been singing, it shall permeate every corner for the glory of God in Jesus' name. Please, release the kingdom that is in you. Release the kingdom unto the United Kingdom. Father, we worship you. We bless your divine name. We exalt you, dear Lord of God, this morning. We lift you high, dear Lord of God, as we thank you for your, the United Kingdom. We bless you for this nation for a time like this one, oh God. We stand together as a congregation, sons and daughters of the kingdom of the Most High God, and we release the kingdom of God into this nation, to the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, Oh dear Lord of God, round about the seas, O King of glory that are in this land, we declare that Jesus is Lord in this place and we tear the garments of fear and every particular garment of, 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 of hatred, every garment of racism, we tear those garments in the name of Jesus and we dress this nation with your garment of love. We dress this nation with your garment of faith and hope. We dress this nation with your garment of grace, O dear Lord of God, that it will arise from every kind of ashes, O dear Lord of God, and shine for the glory of God and be again a beacon of hope in the whole world to send out missionaries and saints, O God, who preach the gospel in Europe, in Africa, O dear Lord of God, in the islands of the seas and in America and in every other section of this particular globe for the honor and for the glory of your name. 
in Jesus' name. Let us give a hand clap to Jesus. We worship, we praise you, Son of God. Hallelujah. So much for the so much for the kingdom. I want you as the week as the week as the week goes on, please remember you are a child of the kingdom. Praise God. And make sure that the kingdom is made manifest wherever you are for the glory of God in the highest. In the whatever literal way we can. Don't just assume that oh, my, my, my influence is so small. No. It is your influence, his influence, his influence, my influence, his influence, his influence. When all of that is put together, it becomes a powerful bomb. The enemy will not be able to resist it. It will break every one of his barriers and bring glory to our Heavenly Father in Jesus' name. Let us turn to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22, we shall be quick. I will share only a few of the garments. There are 12 types of garments that I found out, but I will only touch a few of those particular garments. The others, the, I will just mention them in a rush. You can go and pray and allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life, and they will become a reality because that's what the Father desires of us in Jesus' name. The Word of God says in Matthew chapter 22 and verse 1, Jesus spoke to them again in a parable, saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized the servants, ill-treated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready. But those I invited did not deserve to come. Go to the streets, the street corners, invite to the banquet, Anyone you find, anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, both good and bad. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, this is where I want you to take note. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing Wedding clothes. I repeat again. But when the king came to see the guest, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. Friend, he asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher who has been given unto us. We humble ourselves under your mighty hand. Let our ears be open to hear what you've got to speak unto us. Unveil thy truth into each one of our spirits, O Lord, in the way that only you can. We are the sheep of your pasture, the flock under your care, eternal Father. 
Oh God, let your spirit speak unto me. Let your spirit speak unto my brother and unto my sister. We are here at your feet that we may feed from your table, O oh God. And thy name be glorified in Jesus' name. You are very familiar with seasons. Where I came from, we became may have had only maybe only only one season. It's hot throughout, so you don't care about you don't care about what you're gonna dress or what you're gonna wear because it is warm. Whether you are naked, whether you are not dressed, is is immaterial. All is well. But when I came to the to Europe, I discovered something can be cold sometimes, <laughs> and that is winter. Winter is a is not a good time. For, the, for a naked body. You have got to be covered and covered and covered. Summer is different. and you other, Even in summer, sometimes it's cold. You know, it doesn't matter. But anyway, the, what I wanted to say is that in winter, there is a certain type of dressing you must put on. In the summer, there is a type of dressing you must put on. And I want you as a child of God to understand, in the spirit, which season are you? This, for the believer, as we are in the world, is the winter season. It's not a season where you're going to flourish as much as you desire. Go look at the trees during winter, and you'll see what happens to them. They shed off their leaves. They, they, are, they are bareless. They are naked. They look so ugly. But come summer, and everything starts to flourish. For you as a believer, there are two main seasons. But... The winter season is where we are. And during this particular winter, the Father has prepared clothing which you must put on. Realize one thing in winter, it does not matter even if it is your own compound, that you know, your own garden behind there, that you can go outside. If you remove your clothes during winter and it is minus two, minus three, and decide it is my garden, who can touch me? I am all right. And you go outside there, I can tell you, you'll freeze. It doesn't matter. You'll freeze and you'll die. If you're going to stay out there any longer, you'll die. If you are not dressed properly, if you're not covered, whether you are in your own private place, you must be properly dressed. We are in the winter, my brother and my sister. And I want you to ask yourself, am I properly dressed? Because if you're not properly dressed, the winds that are blowing around and all over will freeze you and cause you to lose your life and your faith. And my desire this particular morning, I want to just share a few garments that as I was looking into the word of God that came to heart. That they came to my mind, things that I felt that these are the garments. Because I kept on wondering and asking, Father, why does, what is Jesus talking about? This banquet. And how is it that this person manages to enter into the hall? He is together with everybody else. They are in the right place. The feast is about to begin. Everybody is invited. And yet, when the king himself comes walking around, the Bible says he saw a man, and the man was not dressed properly. He was not dressed in the wedding garments. And he asked him only one question. How 
did you get in? How did you sneak in? Jesus says, the way into the kingdom is narrow. Straight is the gate, and few there be that find it. But you are one of those few. So don't be discouraged about the issue of saying that the few are going to find it. Praise the Lord and say, hallelujah, I am one of those few in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't look on the negative and say, oh, many, many are invited and few are chosen. You say, oh, yes, many are invited, few are chosen. I'm one of those few in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by his grace. For the glory of God. For it is not our working. It is the working of the spirit of God in us. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 10. You can read later on. Says I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he has clothed me. He has dressed me. He has covered me. With the garments of salvation. And he has arrayed me. In the robe of righteousness. Saying, the prophet is saying, there are garments of salvation. And there is a robe of righteousness. That covers that one whom God has set apart. And I want you to ask yourself, am I dressed? Am I covered? It is a time of soul searching. I search myself and I want you to search yourself. Let us not just walk far, you know, without knowing where we are going or what it is that is happening round about us. Second Corinthians, you can read the scriptures later on yourself. Second Corinthians chapter 5 and 1 and 4. Paul talks about that, you know, we are awaiting to be clothed with our heavenly bodies. There is a clothing that is to come upon us so that we shall not be found naked. That's what he says. But rather that we shall be clothed when that particular time is right. And my brother and my sister, there is a clothing, there is a dressing, there is a garment. There are garments that the Father wants to put on each one of us. As we start, I want you to remember the church of Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3, verse 14 to verse 18. The Bible says of the church of Laodicea, it said it had everything. It was rich, it was always, it had prospered if we may use the, the words of our current generation. It had prospered and all was wonderful and good. It had everything it required. But the master speaks to it and says, you are wretched, you are poor, and you are blind, and you are naked. He refers to that church and calls it naked. And I want you to look at yourself and ask yourself, am I properly dressed? He speaks to the church of Sadis in the same chapter 3. And he tells them, those who are worthy will walk with me dressed in white. They will be covered. Meaning, there is a covering for everyone who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to make sure that you are equipped with this particular covering. Remember the ten virgins. They were all virgins accepted by the Lord. But when the wedding time came, I want you to take note of what happens. The separation that happens between those ten. Five were not ready. They missed something that was very important. It said they missed the oil. I may say they missed the garments. They were not fully properly dressed 
for that particular season to enter in with the with, with, with the Lord of the the Lord of the harvest of the wedding or with the bride with the bridegroom. They missed the opportunity. They were told to go out to look for the various for the oil and return. But those ones who were ready, they walked with him in white. They entered into the, the inner room and they had time together. These are the garments that have been laid upon my heart. I will share with you a few. First garment that he wants you to put on. And I want you to start analyzing, thinking yourself, do I have this one? Do I have this one? Because they are garments that are freely given. And they are given by what Brother Dave was teaching us the other day. He said, the spirit has been given unto us as our teacher, as our helper. And if you know, in the times even of old, the kings will stand and they just spread their hands. And you know what? The servants come and they put the, put the, the, the clothes onto the guy while the guy is only stretching out his hand to oh, the lords or whatever. They are dressed and covered, you know, everything is done and they come out, you know, glittering with all the crown and everything. You are a king of the kingdom of the Most High God. Praise the Lord. And he has assigned none else than his own spirit to come and dress you and to prepare you for that particular time when he shall come. I want you to cooperate with this spirit that he has given unto us. And I want you to ask yourself, am I fully cooperating with the Holy Spirit? The first garment that he gives unto us is the garment of faith. And I want you to look at that particular garment. These garments, faith is a spirit. But faith is actually, can you see the, the clothes, check the clothes you wear. Sometimes people who know you, they will just look at that shirt or that t-shirt and they know this one is so and so. Because it just looks like him. And that, because of you have, the way you've been wearing it all along, the cloth ends up being shaped the way, the way you look. And somebody will look at you and say, that is Jonathan's. It can't, it can't be anybody's. It can't be anybody's else. That is so-and-so. That is so-and-so. That is exactly how the Spirit of God understands us and he knows us. He has the faith that is nicely neat for you, just for you. It will not fit any other person. And he dresses you with that particular garment. It is a spirit. It is a dressing of the spirit. Just like we have clothes for the physical. Likewise, our spirit has got the garments that it's supposed to wear. And the first garment that comes is the garment of faith. Because the word of God says, you know, in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, he says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. That means the very first step into the kingdom, you must have faith in what the Father has availed for us. And I want you to check yourself. Do you have that faith? The faith in the Son of God. The faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, in the sacrifice that has been made for us. And that faith holds, holds you together. It is the garment that holds, you, holds your spirit in place and intact. Because there are many attacks that come. But with faith, you will be able to stand. And it comes by his spirit. If you look in John chapter 14 verse 1, Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. Have faith in God. Have faith also in me. Oh, believe in God. Believe also in me. Believe, you know, trust in God. Trust also in me. Faith 
is extremely important. Now look at Matthew chapter 9 verse 1 onward. Jesus sees some people carrying a paralytic coming to him. The Bible says he looked at them and he saw their faith. How did he see their faith? Anybody can carry a cripple and bring a cross to the meeting and, and that cripple might not walk or whatever. But the Bible says when they were coming, he looked at them and there was the shining garment of faith that was on those particular men that were carrying that particular person. And as a result, he turns to that man and he tells them, son, your, your sins are forgiven you. Be healed. Praise the Lord. The faith was visible. And I want you to ask yourself, is my faith visible? Or it's completely clouded. It cannot even be, it cannot be, even be seen. Remember Jude chapter 20. Jude verse 20. Jude says, let us contend for the faith that was once given unto us. That with perseverance, let us fight. Let us fight for this faith that has been given unto us. It is a garment. And if you don't take care, I know back in a certain city where you could be walking on the, on the streets and people will come and surround you and people don't know what is happening. People come and surround you and then after some time, they, they, they walk away. And when they walk away, you are left only in your pants. You are walking only in your pants. You, they have stolen everything. They have taken the clothes, they have taken the shoes, they have taken the trousers and they leave you only with your inner pants. In the middle of the street. That's what the devil does to many of the children of God. Faith is a garment. You must contend for it. You must have it and guard it proper so that it is maintained. And I want you to ask yourself, my brother and my sister, are you nurturing that particular garment? Because it grows stronger and stronger as you continue to nurture it. His word has said faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And that word is not just a written word. It is the word that comes from the spirit. As David was teaching us the other day, as you, your ear is in, tuned into the spirit, he speaks the word into your spirit and he says, fear not for I am with you. And you stand, you stretch your shoulders in the midst of fire and you say, I am not afraid. Praise the Lord. And you press on. Why? Because of that garment that is upon, upon your life. So, Remember Hebrew, Romans chapter 1 verse 16. Paul says the just shall live by faith. This garment is very important because it is the beginning. And this garment, which is actually a spirit, it is a spirit dressing. When it has, as it matures, it gives birth to another garment that starts to grow also on the inside of you. I call it continence or the garment of self-control. There are the winds, I've talked of the winds of the winds of the winter that keep on blowing. When your faith is attacked, the winds of fear, they will undoubt, they come blowing against you a day in and day out. If you don't have that garment guarding your spirit and guarding your inner, your inner man, you will dry out and you'll start talking and thinking like the people of the world or the people who don't believe. But you are not that particular type of brother. You are not type of that type of sister, my beloved. Arise, shake off the dust and decide, I am a believer. I am a faith man. I am a faith woman. And it shall be made manifest wherever I turn myself in Jesus' name. Faith gives birth to 
continents or to self-control. We live in a time when lust, the lust, be it lust of the flesh, be it lust of the eyes, lust of the, you know, prides of life and whatever, all kinds of lusts are permeating our whole society, left, center, and right. If you don't have self-control, it's easy to get zapped up into whatever is happening all around and you find yourself doing exactly what the world is doing. There is a difference between you and the people of the world. Why? Because you have the kingdom on the inside of you. Praise the Lord. You know, when we were young, it, we, it was so strict. They used to call, we used, people used to say that it was legalist. It was, it was even when I, when I was growing, you'll be surprised. Even to listen to music that was not Christian, I would have been counted a backslider. That's how rough believe, a, believer, a believer had to be in, in those days when, when, I was, when I was small. These days, things are different. You wouldn't even be able to turn on something, and it turns out that it is a, a, a song of, that is talking about the things of the world. Everybody, every brother will look at you and say, what is wrong with you, man? Have you backslidden? That is how strict, they, how, strict, how strict they were. But there is some element of benefit in it. Why? Because... Without self-control, the thing you place before your eyes long enough, the way human beings we have been made is such that when I continue looking at him more and more and more and more, I'll start behaving like him. The more I continue hearing him speak, following him wherever he goes, finally you'll find I'm walking exactly like David. And you say, oh, what is happening? Paul is starting to imitate, to imitate David. That is exactly how human beings we are. So the thing that you place before your eyes, the thing that you continue listening to every day in and day out, your spirit is made to be a reflector. That's why he says he made us in his image. We reflect. We are supposed always to reflect. So if you don't look at him to reflect him, you will look at something else. You will reflect that thing that you are looking at. And self-control, the garment of self-control, is the one that enables you to turn away from everything else and decide, I'll fix my affections on things above, where Jesus is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Ask yourself, is this garment at work in me? Or am I towing the, the line with everybody? When they say, let us go to, the, to, to, to the, the, the nightclub and dance the whole night that we come with our eyes red, I will also come there with my eyes red and drunk. And I say, I am born again. I love Jesus as my Lord and Savior. My brother, be careful. He said he entered the room and he looked at the congregation and he asked, how come you are not dressed properly? Out. And there it was. Regardless of the fact that he had come in at his invitation, he was cast out again at his command. Let us pray that by the grace of God, we shall be able to find space and to abide in, in that particular place. So my brother, learn, let this particular spirit of self-control be upon you. Look at Jesus again in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 to verse 11. When he is faced with the temptations, what happens? Self-control is made manifest. He's brought food when he's hungry. He says, forget it. I'm not a hungry, greedy character. Listen, I will only live by the written word of God or by the word of God, not by any other thing. I don't live by bread. I don't live by water, but by the word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. 
He invites him onto the fame, onto wealth, unto everything. But Jesus is fixed on the one who had called him. That's what he's looking for in your life. Ask yourself, am I dressed with self-control? Or I run off with everything that comes up upon my way. The third thing that faith, after faith has brought forth self-control, it buts power on the inside of you. The word of God says in 1 Corinthians, I think chapter 4 verse 20, the kingdom of God is not in word or is not in talk. It's not a matter of talk. It is a matter of power. That power is the one that enables you to stifle. It self-control and makes you put the brakes on and say, I'm not going that direction. Power turns you around and say, when everybody says, hey man, it is so nice over here. Come over, come over. But power says, self-control has enabled you to put the emergency brake on and say, no, I'm not going that way. And power has been born. It turns the truck around and you start going the opposite direction. Say, hey, Mark, man, you're missing it. Say, you, you, you are dead to the world. You don't even hear what they are saying. You move and march on into the kingdom that the Father has given unto you. Faith will bring forth self-control. Self-control in turn brings forth the power to be able to move off and go in the purposes and in the will that God has appointed for you to go in. That's why he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 up to 5, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they are powerful. They are filled with power. They are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. That is, when the imaginations are rising up, all that is negative, you're rising up and saying, I will lick my wounds no more. Devil, I'm not going to run anymore. If I die, I die. But I stand my ground and I face you. And in due time, the Bible says, resist the devil. And what does he do? He flees away from me. Why? Because of the garments that have been placed upon you. It's the garment, the garment of faith, the garment of self-control, and the garment of power. And then comes the, the, the other garment. Remember Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 where it says, the weapons of our warfare are not, or rather, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. This power and this grace is released upon you and upon me by the Spirit of God. These are the garments of salvation. There is the garment of faith, the garment of self-control, the garment of power. The, third, the fourth garment is the garment of patience. Have you ever seen how impatient many of us are? In something that has not happened and we flare up like wildfire. We'll burn everything all round about us because the thing that we are waiting for has not come through. My brother and my sister, you are a child of the kingdom. Praise the Lord. And patience is one of the things that the, the garments that the Father is bringing upon the believer. Why? Because the kingdom of God to be revealed mightily and fully, we have had to wait for a long, long, long time. From the time you believed, you are still believing today. And Jesus has not come back. And he still tells you, believe, 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 have faith, have faith. The grace or the patience that comes upon you, it brings peace on the inside and you rest. You are assured. It doesn't matter whether it is next year. It doesn't matter whether it is 120 years from now. I shall see my Redeemer Jesus coming in the, for the glory of God in Jesus' name. 
Patience will make you to hold your ground. You can read later on Matthew chapter 24, verse 36 to 42, where he says, no man knows when the Son of Man is coming. That was a very telling statement. Not even the angels in heaven, not even the Son, he says. But what is he telling them? He is telling them, watch and pray. That is, keep calm and wait. Relax. Him who has promised you he is faithful, he will come. Praise the Lord. He is going to arrive, but he wants you to be patient and patiently wait. So don't be impatient to say, I've waited for too long. This salvation has not worked. I'm going into the world. Everybody is enjoying things while I am not enjoying. I'm going to enjoy like everybody else. Big mistake. Patience. Let that garment come upon you that you are cool and relaxed. Everybody looks at you and tells them, all is well, brother. It is fine. It's fine. I'm moving on. Jesus is on the throne and it's going to be fine. I may be stressed like anybody at anything. I'm so stressed by immaterial. The word of God says, he is my peace. So I'll rest in the assurance and in that patience. That peace will be revealed and will be made manifest in due time. He says, submit unto God. Resist the devil and he will flee away from you. Praise, praise the Lord. Quickly, as, as, we, as we draw down, down to, the, to the finishing line, I will go through these other ones quickly. The other garment after faith and self-control, and there is, there is power and there is patience. There is a garment, that, the two of them that are almost similar, simplicity and innocence. As a child of God, complexity is not expected of you. The celebrity culture that we have in our time, in our season, is not for the kingdom of God. It's not for the ministers of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus was the most simple guy you could have ever met on the streets of Israel. To the extent that they could not recognize him. Can you imagine that? They had to get Judas to, to, to try to tell them he is this one. To kiss him so that they know him. That's how simple he was. He was like every other guy all around Dick, Tom, and Harry. He was dressed the same way with them. He was walking. Maybe he was throwing his hands just the same way. So when they look at him, they who is he? Who is he? The one who is the healer? They, they wonder. They, because he looked just like his disciples. There was almost no difference. He was simple and he was innocent. That's exactly the, the, the garments of the children of God. God does not lift us to a pedestal so that I can boast and say, God is using me. I am a unique person. That is not of the kingdom. We are called to have the garment of simplicity and the garment of innocence. Look at a child and you know that's what he's saying. If you want to get into the kingdom, be as a little child. They are simple. They are innocent. There is nothing hidden about a child. I love them. When if you are ugly, they will look at you and tell you, Dad, you are so ugly. And it's just as simple as that. They don't hide it. They, they, they are straight to the point. They don't hide anything. That's how children are. That is the young ones who have not learned the tricks of, of trickery all around about. But Jesus says, be as little children. There is the winds of fame and complexity that are blowing all around my brother and my sister. You must be dressed with simplicity. You must be dressed with innocence. What you see is what you get. Praise the Lord. I'm not hiding anything. I am what you can see, period. And that is what the Father is looking for us, in the child of God. Let us not do the deals behind the back and we declare that 
I am a believer. The other garment that brings forth is the garment of purity. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart. There is a garment of purity that people are placed on. When it is on you, the F words and the S words will not even find any root out of your lips. Why? Because I am pure. You are pure. In the name of the Lord Jesus, blessed are the pure in heart. For out of the heart, comes the issues of life. He says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth does what? So what is in your heart? If you hear me, find me outside there, I'm swearing like, no, what? I'm, there's like F's and S's and what are you? Up and down. Sit back up, come back and ask me, hey, Paul, what is in your heart? Because what comes out is what is in my heart. Purity. He says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Praise God. The eighth garment is the garment of joy or the garment of cheerfulness. In the kingdom, there is faith, there is self-control, there is, there is power, there is patience, there is simplicity, there is innocence, and there is purity, and there is cheerfulness, there is joy. You turn to the, the right, there is a smile. Turn to the left, there is a smile. It is raining, there is a smile. It is cold, there is a smile. It is hot, there is a smile. Jesus is Lord in all those particular situations. The Bible says in Romans chapter 15, verse 13, he says, may the God of all joy and peace fill you with the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. And then if you go on, Jesus speaks of it in John chapter 15 verse 11. I have spoken these words to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. If you're going to win the battle in the kingdom, you must be a man and a woman of joy. Don't be mourning every other day. You'll be like the other, the servant who says, I will, and he says, I have put on the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness has gone away from me. I have put on the garments of praise. Praise the Lord. Let praise and joy be seen in your house and in your family. Praise God. Don't let your children always hear the morning father or the morning mother always mourning every other day. No, let them have a new thing to emulate. Oh, mama is always singing. But that's how my mom used to train us. She used to make sure she doesn't find us doing wrong. She will start singing when she's 100 yards from the house because she knows we are naughty. We are in the house. We'll be doing something bad. We are playing with instruments we shouldn't be. So she starts singing far away, 100 yards, to make sure she finds all is well when she enters into the house. That was her character, and it helps us. It helped us a lot. It taught me the essence of joy and the essence of praise. Have the garment of praise. And then, finally, as we finalize, there is the garment of truth. Jesus says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The whole world lies in the evil one. But you, the Bible says, truth, when you put on truth, your life is set free because there's nothing to hide. What I tell you, Haman, is what it is that you'll get. You will go to the north, the south, you will find, ah, like a person who was telling me the truth. Why? The truth makes you free. So let us abide in this truth. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one coming to the Father but by me. He says he has given to us the spirit of truth to abide in us. It is a garment that he dresses us with. And then truth brings forth understanding. 
When you have understanding, if you can read again, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 22, Proverbs 17 and 25, there's something interesting that understanding is a fountain of life. Once you have the garment of truth, then you understand what life is all about. You are no longer stressed because you discover, I am going home. You are no longer stressed because I don't have this, I don't have that, and my brother is the only one who has them. That is immaterial. Understanding settles your spirit, and you know that it is well, it's going to be well. And after understanding, you will find the 11th garment that you touch on is peace. Peace comes in after understanding. When you have put on the garment of understanding, then you'll find peace. The garment of peace is bathed on the inside. You'll be able to put on that garment of peace. As he says in John chapter 14, verse 27, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto thee. Praise the Lord. Let not your heart be troubled. That's what he says. And he says in Hebrews 12, 14, be at peace with all men and holiness without which no man will see God. Let us be at peace with our neighbors. Don't be throwing stones to your neighbor and what have you. Let people look around and say, man, that house, there is peace in that particular place. And they are attracted unto it in the name of Jesus Christ. And finally, you can look finally at the, the, the final garment which covers it all is what we spoke of in the beginning. And that is the garment of love. Realize, re, you can read it for yourself, chapter chapter. Of, Chapter 13, First Corinthians chapter 13, the whole of it, and First John chapter 3, verse 16 to verse 17, and chapter 4, verse 13 onwards. It talks about the love that the Father has given unto us. Love covers a multitude of sins. Love will enable you to forgive. Love will enable you to accept everybody around you because love believes all things. Love doesn't cancel anything out. When you tell me something, I believe it. And I go along with it. He said, I will not be bound into it. But I will not criticize you because of what it is that you have said. Neither will I tear you into pieces because of what you have said or what you have done. Because I love you. That's how the Father loves us. And he wants us to love each other like that. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Then hope community will rise up and become a powerful center of hope. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And least of all. Remember, how do you get this particular garment? You remember Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. He says, this is the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit actually are the garments of salvation. If you read all of them, you will find they are actually the fruit of the Spirit. So, as we were taught last time, let the Holy Spirit arise within you and start manifesting over and over. How do you manifest this particular fruit? Allow the gift of tongues to be made manifest. You who are filled with the Holy Spirit and you speak in tongues, please, if you speak in tongues only one minute a day, please turn it around and start speaking in tongues at least for 15 minutes. Speak in tongues for at least 20 minutes. Speak in tongues at least for one hour. At least for two hours, maybe three hours, maybe four hours, maybe five hours. Your life will never be the same again. The Spirit will start dressing you with these particular garments. For he says, he who speaks in tongues builds himself. He speaks unto God and he builds himself. That is, he starts putting on this particular garment after garment after garment after garment. At the end of it, you are impenetrable. The enemy will shoot his arrows, shoot his bullets, name it whatever he will shoot. He finds they have got no effect. Why? Because I have put on the garments of praise. I have put on the garments of salvation. And the Spirit of God is at work in me. 
In Jesus' name. God bless you. Uh, to our homes covered with a God of love as well.